if I got 10 people listening and I have a relationship with those 10 people, 100% worth it for me. You know, and when you get unsolicited messages back, that was amazing, dude. I did this and this was the outcome. Or I didn't know that. That was fun to listen to. And you're like, see, that's exactly why I do it. Welcome to the Juxtaposed Journeys podcast, and happy National Butterscotch Pudding Day if you're tuning in from the U.S. I'm your host, Eric Spitz, and in this episode I chat with Walt Blau. Walt is a fellow podcaster based in central New Jersey, and the mind behind the Be Raw podcast, formerly known as Walt's Kitchen Table. Walt has a passion for meeting people and hearing about their unfiltered and raw life experiences. The only topics Walt isn't willing to talk about on his show are politics and religion. Walt believes that people accomplish amazing things every day, and those are the stories he likes to share. Our conversation ranges from Walt's inspiration to rebrand the podcast, why prison lunches are more nutritious than school lunches, and Walt even shares a raw life experience of his own that you truly need to hear for yourself. Walt is a raw person by nature and isn't afraid to say exactly what's on his mind. It's a trait I admire about him, but the language can get a little loose in this episode, so listener discretion is advised. With all that in mind... Just sit back, relax, and maybe grab some butterscotch pudding and get ready for Walt Blau's journey with the B-Raw podcast. All right, Walt, welcome to the Juxpose Journeys podcast. And first of all, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to sit down and chat with me. Oh, it's my honor, my friend. <laughs> for sure. And now I brought you up several times on this podcast for getting me connected with both Travis King and Jeff Belanger. And I've previously been a guest on your podcast, which was an absolute blast. So I'm excited to finally get you on here and we were able to make something work. Speaking of podcasts, I know you're the host of the Be Raw podcast, formerly known as Walt's Kitchen Table podcast. Can you start by giving a brief overview of the Be Raw podcast and the work you're doing to rebrand the show? Absolutely. Super excited about it. And how I came up with the name Originally, it was The Raw Podcast, and then I ran mm -hmm. into some naming issues with that, with some other people that have The Raw. Of course, I did some research, and the domain and the name was taken on Instagram, but everything was dormant. There was nothing. Mm -hmm. I reached out to some people, of course, ghosted. I got ghosted, and I said, you know what? I'm going to try it, and then I got a cease and desist letter for using really? <laughs> yeah for using the raw podcast and then it i was driving I, I drive a lot for work and i'm driving and i was like be raw and i'm like i'd like that so much better you know and i said before i get too too uh into it but then all of a sudden all these emotions just started rolling through me and exactly how i've been feeling i got 101 or 102 episodes of walt's kitchen table mm -hmm. and for the last 15 episodes it's just something's been burning in my soul to to change not necessarily the format mm -hmm. but a little bit of the content okay because people i was getting reviews back all good of course you get your hucksters which i ignore mm -hmm. those but <laughs> the people that are credible and are doing things they're like this is amazing but i would have really loved to talk about this and mm -hmm. i'm like why didn't you talk about that and they're like well yeah. your platform looks a little clean and I have this crazy story, but I didn't think it would fit with that. I'm like, man, I just missed out on this incredible story mm -hmm. because the person didn't think. So now I went from Walt's Kitchen Table to Be Raw. And Raw 
in its essential definition is real, powerful, and simple. Mm-hmm. That's And so now I want powerful stories where people, you know, all the way from you built something and you want to brag about it. I want to hear about it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you fucked your life up and now you're on the rebound. Like I just recorded with a guy out of California and his story is incredible. What, <laughs> and what he ended up doing to himself, he did it to himself. It was self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. And he hit true rock bottom. And what he did to come back from that, amazing. And I love those stories. And I was hearing those on the table, but nobody was talking about... They were t- on the table. They would talk about, oh, this is all sunshine and rainbows, and this is what I did. Mm-hmm. I wasn't getting the raw part of the story. Yeah. So now I'm going in that direction. You know, I still want people, you know, you again, you created something great. You fucked your life up. You got back. Great. You know, we're all adult survivors of childhood. Mm-hmm. Was your childhood like mine where you crashed cars and you did stupid things and you're like, oh, dude, I don't know how I survived all of that. <laughs> Those are the stories I like to hear. Or do you want to sit here and just BS and tell corny dad jokes for an hour? Cool. <laughs> Call- That's great, dude. Call me. I just love having great conversation, but the table was being keyholed into like a quote unquote clean. And I was missing on a lot of opportunity. That's true to me. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what was bothering me about it. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And it's crazy how much a rebranding and a re-imaging can change the type of guests and the type of stories that are shared on the show. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I can definitely attest to that, To the that the pre-recorded conversations and post-recorded conversations can sometimes be much different than the recorded conversations. Like, oh man, that would have been cool to talk about or, you know, to dive into that more. So no, I, I love the idea behind the show. I, I love the idea behind the rationality of it. And I think we're both cut from the same cloth and just Wanting meaningful, powerful stories. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, no, this is something I can definitely get behind. And, um, you know, and I I say that, you know, from the beginning of time, depending on what you believe in, (laughs) (laughs) you know, stories is how you pass along every piece of information. Mm -hmm. You know, how did, I mean, it still happens today, obviously, you know, your grandmother's cookbook, you know, she might Mm -hmm. not, you know, you learn that from your mom, you learn that from, she learned it from her grandmother. But in the huge picture of history... Stories of how you educated people and passed things down. And then, of course, you know, in modern time, it was people started writing stuff down, right? Even carving mm-hmm. in the wall, carving on a rock. Mm-hmm. Then it got to television and radio. Well, now it's podcasts, man. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the best way to pass along information and not sit here and drone and be like, two plus two is four, and then you mm-hmm. add one, and now you're five. No, I want somebody like, Son of a bitch, man, I was going down this road and, you know, and just crazy fun stories, you know, with a lot of energy. Of course, we're going to have stories that are, you know, pretty depressing, but, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody can learn from those things as well. Yeah, definitely. And actually, when you were talking about that, that made me think of random stat or something I was reading from a book recently to where it was talking about how, well, first of all, I mean, podcasts really are just a very expanding uh really just an expanding you know field and whatnot like they've been exploding over the years i guess what i'm trying to say and it's the way it was described was podcasts are pretty much the only platform out there to where 
it's it's one person's kind of vantage point and viewpoint. It's not skewed or manipulated towards mm-hmm. a specific audience. Like it doesn't go off any sort of algorithm to say what you think should be heard on the show or, or advertise what you think should be. It's literally just one person or maybe two, depending on the structure, what have you. It's their point of view, their opinions, their vantage point. And that's what's kind of unique about it. I mean, it, it is very authentic. That podcast fact is mentioned in Jaron Lanier's book, 10 Arguments for Deleting Your Social Media Accounts Right Now, which I actually brought up in Daniel C.'s episode as well. The book is worth a read if these ideas intrigue you, and Jaron Lanier is able to articulate these points much better than I can. Anyway, let's get back to Walt and I's conversation. Yeah, oh, 100%. And uh, it's very uplifting to sit here and you and I have in this conversation and we mm-hmm. can literally talk about anything that we want mm-hmm. and going to what you were just saying, this is our opinion. Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't like it, well, you just turn it off. No, exactly. On my side a little bit, I just wanted to tell you on, on my show, mm-hmm. I have a full length episode once, you know, a week. And then the following week, the new version is called uh, Be Raw Bites, and they're about 10, 12 minutes long, and it's just me talking. Mm-hmm. So it's just me, and the deal is there's no notes, there's no prep, just whatever's on my mind that day, I sit down and rattle it off, and I just tell you my opinion on it. That's cool. Yeah, I have. I love those, man. <laughs> and, the, and I do them live as well. Mm-hmm. So obviously I, pre- I record them so they can go on to, you know, Spotify and YouTube and all that. But mm-hmm. on YouTube, uh, Facebook and Instagram and all that, I'm live during those. And it's, it's just a lot of fun because going to what you were saying, I don't have an agenda. I'm just telling you what's in my heart. Yeah. That's it. If I think it's cool, there's probably a bunch of people out there that think it's cool as well. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And now I imagine that's pretty similar to what you were doing before, like the off the cuff for Walt's Kitchen Table. Is that kind of a similar approach or no? Yep. Same exact. Okay. Yeah. Same. And uh, obviously I'll I'll change the graphics a little bit yeah. and, and that kind of thing. But it just opens me up to, and then my, my Instagram and my Facebook and stuff, it started to look like artwork. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to build artwork. I'm just trying to communicate. So now with Be Raw, I just, whatever's on my mind, like, there's one picture of my wife and I, and uh, because there's this uh, awesome, awesome country singer named Jeff Canada. You got to mm-hmm. look him up. He's awesome if you like country music. He just, I listened to the song and this memory come flooding back. So I was like, yeah, that's cool. And I put it on Facebook, right? And then the next post is I wrote, well, there's probably going to be a short of shortage of strippers because now they don't have to pay for college. <laughs> so it could be any random thing. And that's what I love about it. I don't have a I don't have any ceiling, floor, walls, nothing. I can talk about whatever I want. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the table was getting keyholed into a certain mm-hmm. direction that I didn't want to go. So there's the reason for the rebrand. No, for sure. No, and I'm glad that you have a, a platform to be your authentic self and to just kind of put it all out there. That's definitely admirable. And now, I guess with the rebranding in mind, do you have a different scope for the type of guests or stories that get shared on the show? I guess, uh, what's your ideal guest for the show, or do you not have one? I, I really don't because, again, I'll, uh, I I want to try to not get keyholed like I was happening mm-hmm. before. For sure. Just let's have a authentic, raw conversation about anything. Uh, well, well, mm-hmm. well, well, hold on. I got an asterisk. I don't talk about politics or religion. Right. Yeah. So if you want to come, if, if you want to come on and talk about politics, find somewhere else to go. <laughs> religion, 
if your stories have like a, a religious base and there's a, some kind of um, spiritual aspect, great. I, I'm mm-hmm. all about that. I'm all about that stuff. But don't come on and say that God needs to be in government and all that shit. I don't need to hear about that. Dude. No, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about that. Other than that, I want to hear about everything and anything because there's so many stories out there. And mm-hmm. I kind of preference it of imagine sitting next to some person at the airport and you just mm-hmm. start talking and all of a sudden you're going, get the fuck out. No shit. You're that guy, <laughs> you know? And those are the conversations I'm looking for. Oh, for sure. No. And yeah. I, I love those conversations. Well, that's really why I wanted to start this podcast. Cause I think about, I have all these vivid memories of me traveling and just striking up a conversation with a person at a restaurant or a bar or a coffee shop or what have you. And it's it's wild some of the stories that they'll tell me and how many random coincidences will happen. Like I was randomly out in Portland, Oregon one time and I was just at this bar and I was checking beers in on untapped and I just start talking to this guy and turns out this guy's old roommate started untapped. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> like that's insane. No shit. <laughs> it's just crazy. You know, the people you mm-hmm. meet and run into, but no, I, I love those kind of stories myself. And and actually, yeah, speaking of raw stories, so I was actually listening to your interview on the Greatest Story Ever podcast. And on there, you talked about a, a pretty scary thing you went through yourself while doing some work at Habitat for Humanity. I mean, would you mind sharing that story? Oh, yeah, that was uh, – so the sh- quick short of – or the, the – the, I'll ruin it with a conclusion. I ended up <laughs> not having any feeling from my waist down. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, is that from a work injury injury or all that? I said, no, that's 25 years of beating myself up, mm-hmm. sports and other questionable activities. My wife and I were volunteering for Habitat for Humanity. If you don't know what that is, uh, this organization builds homes for the less fortunate, and they, they depend on volunteers to come in and do the labor. Mm-hmm. So we were there, and the guy says, the foreman or the general contractor is like, hey, does anybody know how to put in a tongue and groove kitchen floor? And I was like, fuck, I do, <laughs> but that's that's hard. That's hard work. Like, that's right. real. I mean, that's no easy job to do it right, you know? I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I do. And this older gentleman, like six people down, he raised his hands. He's like, you two are on it. And I was like, all right. So we're putting this floor down, and I uh, stood up, and I, I felt and heard a pop in my back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, eh, okay, no big deal. And since I was young, you know, if you ever ask somebody what was wrong or why do I do that, they go, because that's what a man does. Okay, mm-hmm. all right, well, fuck, all right, I guess that's what a man does. So I finished out the day because in my upbringing and my thought, hey, man, I was tasked with a job. I got to get this done. So then mm-hmm. we drive home, and I'm like, ah, my back hurts pretty bad. I'll put some ice on it, take some Tylenol. I'll go to bed, stay off it for a couple of days. And what I mean by stay off it, historically, it's not going to the gym, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And uh, in the middle of the night, I woke up and I couldn't feel anything from my waist down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's not cool. What the hell? Mm-hmm. So I wake my I go to wake my wife up. <laughs> God, God love her. She just rolls over on me and is like, pats my, she's half asleep. And she like pats my chest she's like just breathe you'll be okay and she falls back asleep (laughs) maybe she's got a point all right all right so and then the pain set in and i'm telling you dude i can't describe the pain there's no words for it it was crazy Mm -hmm. so i get get to the hospital they give me some morphine didn't even and you might as well i might as well drink kool-aid they give me something else of course my wife is sitting there taking notes right i find all this Mm -hmm. out after right Mm -hmm. And then they give me some drug that is much more powerful than morphine. 
Mm-hmm. And again, I might as well drink Mountain Dew. Does that mean it didn't do nothing for me? And the lady goes, we're going to put you in twilight. And I was like, what? And as I said, what? She plunges the needle. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, no wonder people fake an injury to get this drug. What is this? Is a-? And out I went. <laughs> and uh, I woke up in, ho- you know, I woke up, of course, in the hospital with a morphine trip. And the funniest thing, dude, happened. This guy comes rushing into my ho- hotel. I keep saying hotel. Hospital room. He looks like Columbo without a, without a coat. Hair all dishuffled, carrying a bunch of stuff, papers, sticking out of books. And, and dude, this word for word, this is what he said. He comes running, he comes up to me kind of in a quick shuffle. He's a bigger guy. Mm-hmm. He looks down at me, he goes, what the fuck do you do? And he's like looking me up and down. And I'm like, uh, I uh, hurt my back. He goes, yeah, I see that. And he holds up a CAT scan that I went through. He's like, yeah, 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 that's, that's interesting. Huh, okay, all right. And he leaves. I was like, okay, I don't know who the hell that was. And the n- night nurse comes in and goes, oh, that's amazing. He's going to take your case. I said, who? She said, the guy, just, that's Dr. Clement. And I go, oh, okay, you could have told me it was Santa Claus. Fuck, I don't know, dude. <laughs> he was, uh, I, of course, I, you know, I find all this stuff out later. He was uh, Ronald Reagan's neurosurgeon. Hmm. He goes, you want to know pressure? How about working on somebody with a room full of machine guns? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're my guy. Woohoo! He must have picked up on my bedside manner. He must have picked up on my personality quick. Because he comes in and he's like, yeah, I'm going to do this and it's going to be Friday. You know, because I have to wait for my vascular surgeon. Because we're going to go in through the front. And I was like, uh, uh, okay. And I go, I got to stay here till Friday? Dude, he gives me an up and down like you would a good-looking woman. You know, he kind of like looks me up and down, and he goes, where the fuck are you going to go? I was like, <laughs> okay, he's got a point. All right. <laughs> Dude, that week, during the day, this is the raw part of it. During mm-hmm. the day, amazing. My wife brought in home-cooked food, so I, she's like, she's all about, we both agree that food is medicine. If you eat good, mm-hmm. you're good, Right. So she brought in all this home-cooked food, and during the day, people were coming and seeing me, and life was good, jokes, and, you know, I'm a pretty outgoing guy. I like to be loud and fun, and then everybody would leave, and there I sat all Mm. by myself, scratching my thigh, not feeling my leg, and I'm just sitting there going, fuck. Of course, where does your mind go? Negative. Everything. Mm Right? Right? And in the meantime, the doctor comes in. He's like, well, if you shit yourself, don't worry about it because the nerves aren't working right. I'm like, what the, what, what, what would you just say? Dude, I literally cried myself to sleep every night. Jeez. And I never told my wife that, you know, because a man don't tell your wife that that's what you're doing. You know, no, I'm supposed to be able to take this. The night before the surgery, she came in. I lost it, dude completely broken down i was in like fetal position crying like a baby and i'm like i can't take this anymore it would dude it was i don't know god bless the people that have to spend all that time in a bed and oh boy i don't know jeez yeah and um friday i was in surgery i come out of the recovery was brutal Mm -hmm. Uh, i was not in a good spot in the recovery if the lady didn't take out my catheter i was ripping it out and i told her that Hmm. i go if you don't take it out i will well you won't be able to watch me this is not cool man you got to get this thing out of me 
Yeah. And then the doctor come, the doctor come in and like gave her a nod and they took it out. And it was just, I don't know how I felt. And it, and it was weird how they ask you your comfort level, mm-hmm. right? They say, how comfortable you are. Oh, I'm a little un, and they shoot you for with drugs like painkiller. I'm like, I didn't ask you to do that. <laughs> you know, I, you just asked me if I was uncomfortable. I'm not in pain. I'm just uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. More. And you're like, okay, I'm not, I'm, t- t- I'm done talking to you. But I came in and my wife and one of her girlfriends, of course, family friend, works at the hospital there. And they were standing by the room as they wheeled me in. And I was awake. Mm-hmm. And they cut, I roll into, they roll me in and I pass back out from the, from the drugs. Mm-hmm. Dude, I had the best trip ever. <laughs> All I can remember is, you know, the yellow Oreos? Oh, yeah. A bunch of those were like spinning around. And then the mask, the you know, the, the happy and sad mask, like for the theater. Oh, yeah. They were talking to me. Oh, wow. Oh, that's all I can remember. <laughs> and I wake up and my wife is like, man, that must have been good. You're like giggling and laughing. I go, that was amazing. She's like, what happened? I go, I have no idea. But it was amazing. <laughs> and then later that night, the physical therapist lady came in and got me out of bed. And I was like, what do you? I just had surgery. I ain't walked in a week, and now you what? What? And mm-hmm. I bitched all the way, and she got me out of bed. And, but I physically walked out of the hospital on Saturday on, under my own power. Mm-hmm. It was crazy, dude. And then this morning I did deadlifts, and I was doing what three fifteen, three sets of twelve. Jeez. And then I kind of walked, jog two and a half miles. Wow. So. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and that was 2016, and I've been going at it ever since. Yeah. So it's no, it's it's amazing, dude. Right. That's that's wild. No, it it is, and and thank you so much for sharing that story. I mean, clearly you've come a long way since then, and yeah. Oh my gosh, actually, even though it didn't directly happen to me, actually a few years ago, my I have a red dapple dachshund, and she shattered. I want to say two discs in her back, and she her back legs wouldn't work. And oh my god, well that was such a nervous wreck. The whole anxiety of it, I mean, going into the vet, kind of seeing what our options are, you know, like Mm -hmm. having to come to terms with the possibility on if she'll ever walk again. And, oh, my God, I was such a wreck. And, you know, weighing out possibilities, like, okay, well, let's let's get her in for surgery, you know, see what happens. And that anxiety of the in-between time to where, you know, she's at their care, it's kind of out of my hands, they're doing what we can. It feels like an eternity. So when you were talking about that, I I can sympathize with that so much because it's, I, I can't even imagine. Yeah, I mean, and then the one part I always forget to tell, which is kind of a fun, I think it was the night before. Mm-hmm. The doctor comes in and he goes, okay, so here are the options. Mm-hmm. We're going to put this little thing in your back and it'll help you articulate and, you know, you're healthy, your blood works good, you know, you're not fighting chronic disease, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I want to keep you and you live an active lifestyle. I want to keep you to that as best I can. I'm like, cool. All right. We're on the same page there. He goes, so I want to put this little thing in your back, but it depends on the condition when I get in there. Mm-hmm. So if this thing works, plan A, put this in there, you'll probably run 95% what you're doing. I'm like, cool. Mm-hmm. And then I go, plan B. He goes, we fuse your disc, you know, we fuse your back and you run it maybe 60%. I was like, fuck. All right. Well, it's better than nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. And he starts like gathering his things. And I was like, uh, plan C. And he goes, oh yeah, you never walk again. And then he, he walked out the door and I was like, motherfucker, son of a bitch. <laughs> oh my God. And of course that runs through my, that, that's been running through my head all week. 
Oh, I mean, yeah. that's what that's what cried me to sleep most nights was, mm-hmm. you know, having to put in, you know, what it's going to take if I can't walk, you know, and what's that going to do with my my life? I know there's millions of people that live a beautiful life that are in a wheelchair. I get that part. Mm-hmm. But in my reality, that was not a reality. <laughs> you know, yeah. if that makes sense. I was like, mm-hmm. this is not cool. And then, oh, of yeah. course, of course, I relive every motorcycle crash, car accident, snowmobile crash, broken bone, fight, mm-hmm. everything that like I, you know, played football and hockey and did martial arts and was a security, you know, was bodyguard stuff. And I'm thinking all the stuff. I was like, man, oh man, when when did when did that happen? When would, what could have caused that? And like, and then you go down that rabbit hole and you're like, whoa, why was I in that situation? Wait a minute. Oh, you know, and just like if you search something on YouTube, you end up looking at something totally different, right? Than mm-hmm. you started oh, with. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, and that's what my mind did. And uh-huh. it was, it was just a long week, dude. And yeah. And then just so you know, that was in October ish. And earlier mm-hmm. that month, you'll like this, dude, cause you're a runner. Mm hmm. I ended up with AFib and A-flutter at the same time. So I went mm-hmm. through a heart procedure, I think, in April of 2016. And then I was back in the hospital with the back toward the end of the year. Jeez. <laughs> and I was like, this is, well, in a way, this is beautiful, dude, because my deductible is it's perfect. <laughs> by, the right? time I, by the time I got to the back surgery, I'm like, I don't have a deductible. I paid all that already. <laughs> but, I mean, hey, yeah, it's a silver <laughs> lining there, I guess. But yeah, um, yeah oh my gosh. No, um, and, and just to clarify with, with my dog story, uh, my dog story did have a happy ending as well. I don't want any of the listeners oh, to get good. concerned good. about that or anything too. Yeah, she, long story short, she went in for surgery and um, she's able to walk just fine again. And oh my God, it's, I was so happy and so elated to see that because even mm-hmm. in the recovery process, process to when they're like, you know, we got to have her take it easy. Let her stay in the kennel for a few weeks. No, you know, nothing too crazy. Obviously that's anxiety inducing because she's still, she can walk around a little bit. It's just, it's just, it was just a slow process. She was kind of slowly healing. And then that's obviously there are a lot of questions with that. There's still a lot of anxiety there. Will she ever be fully back to normal? And yeah, I'm happy to report she, she is, and you wouldn't even know she had the surgery, but it's still one of those things, kind of like what you were talking about, to where you rethink everything. You rethink every sort of, you know, time she, well, with my dog anyway, when she jumped off down from the couch or where she was positioned awkwardly or mm-hmm. where she fell or did something. You, you you think of all those scenarios and then, and then it, it really gets your mind racing. And then, and then even now I'm, you know, my brother and I, uh, we're super careful with her and it's just like, you know, like. Don't let her jump off furniture. Don't let her jump on. Like, you know, we're, don't let her go upstairs and all these other things. And, you know, and the vet was even telling us, like, she's a dog. She's going to be a dog. You can't prevent everything. But, mm-hmm. you know, we, uh, it's, it changes your whole perspective, honestly. So, yeah. like, yeah, and oh that, my gosh. And that being said, first of all, congrats. Love to have mm-hmm. the dog back around. Thank you. Right. Thank you. you know, that's always a good thing. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, your story of, hey, you know, don't jump in this and don't, you know, mm-hmm. we try to try to be careful. You know, I'm, I'm very active and I've, I was always active. And then when I met my wife, you know, she's super active and we we're just always doing things, mm-hmm. but there's certain things that I just, I can physically do, but I don't to, so I don't cause the opportunity for something bad to happen again. Like I mm-hmm. can't, I, I, w- oh, I, again, I want to preface, I physically can do these things, mm-hmm. but I don't is uh like snowboard. I won't go yeah. snowboarding, roller skating, ice skating. Mm-hmm. I won't do anything. Of course, I'm not going to ride a skateboard. Yeah. Those type things I will not do anymore. Mm-hmm. Because if I fall, you know, a day on the slopes or 
fun in a in a roller rink and I fall and land on my tailbone and crack all that up, mm-hmm. it ain't worth it, man. It ain't worth it. Right. No, and and that's totally understandable. You got to draw the line somewhere. And yeah, those are, are definitely some pretty extreme sports that uh, something can easily go wrong with those. So that's totally absolutely understandable. So you know, and uh, that's and that's just checking your ego. Yeah. You know, and I'm pretty proud of that because for a long time my ego got me where I needed it to go, where I needed to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know, as you grow old and older and mature, you're like, yeah, you don't need that as much. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, exactly. So for all you young bucks listening out there, you know, I think you're going to get a lot further ahead if you check that once in a while. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, no. and and you you touched on it earlier about just being active and all the things that you do. And God, well, I thought I was a busy person, but yeah, after listening to your <laughs> interview on Swordfire X Five on the Swordfire X Five show. You know, on there, you talk about all the work you do with your podcast, going to the gym, having a day job, spending time with family, doing poker. Like, I mean, you have a pretty full schedule yourself. So, I mean, how is it that you find balance in your life and what's the main thing that keeps you motivated? So the balance comes from time management. Motivation is more of, I want to say, I get up every morning with, let's make the math easy, 100 units of energy. Mm Mm-hmm. Where am I going to put that today? Yeah. Right? Is it going to be spending time with somebody negative? No. Is it going to be spending time with something or somebody that might even give me positive ROI on those 100 units? So, Mm -hmm. and when I spend time with my son, if that takes 10 units of energy, most of the time I get 12 or 15 back because it just makes me so happy to be with him. Mm -hmm. Right? And I'm a big believer in quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. So if you got somebody that comes home, well, I'm home at six o'clock at night and I spend all evening with my family. I'm a, Well, first of all, I'm going to call bullshit because most of the time <laughs> you're going to, you're going to be on your phone and I'm guilty all this too. So I'm mm-hmm. no saint, dude. So don't, mm-hmm. don't, I'm not trying to paint me as a picture. I do the same thing. My wife does the same thing. You do the same thing. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> tonight I go pick my son up. We had a fun interaction when I pick him up from school. He can't physically talk yet, mm-hmm. but he, ba- you know, he babbles, right? And he mm-hmm. screams and shrieks and does those, you know, and he's, and it's all positive. Like you can tell his energy. It's, it's good energy. Yeah. So him and I have a full blown conversation all the way home from school. So I'll be like, Hey man, what'd you do at school today? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, no shit. No. <laughs> Did you paint? That was pretty cool. I have no idea what he's saying, right? He's like, blah, 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 blah. and I'm like, oh, really? No, you didn't go outside. It was raining today. And he'll go, blah, 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 blah. Like, oh, you went outside. Okay, that's cool, dude. All right. Blah, 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 blah. So we like have a full-blown conversation. I love it, man. I look forward to that. It's super fun. And then we come into the apartment. I and It's fun. We have this little routine. My wife knows that we're coming. And she cracks the door, and he comes running up, and he pushes the door. He's 18 months. So he opens the door, and there's my wife, and he's like, man! Then we have a routine. We go through dinner and stuff like that. But that's it's it's the few minutes, the moment you're with somebody, that's what counts. It's not that I, you know, I could, my wife and I will sit on the couch for an hour and watch a new episode of, you know, House of Dragons. Mm-hmm. Well, you're so involved in me. No, I, I can talk about me. I'm so involved in the TV show. Sometimes I forget she's there. <laughs> you know, we're curled up and we're, you know, we're cuddled up, but you're, you know, you're involved in what you're doing. So is that quality time with my wife? I don't, 
I don't know. We have to have that conversation. That's between us. Mm-hmm. But people are like, yeah, we had, I had quality evening with my wife. Well, what what did you do? You know, and I had mm-hmm. spent all night with my kid. Well, how much time did you spend with them? Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what motivates me is is having the next activity. So I'll get up in the mm-hmm. morning. I'll spend a little time on the show. I already set myself up the night before with my lunch and my my gear bag and my work bag. So then I just get my gym clothes on out the door. As I'm going to the gym, I listen to Gary V. I don't know if you heard about him. I just mm-hmm. enjoy listening to what he has to say mm-hmm. and how he talks about things. So that gets me 15 minutes listening to him. I get in the gym. And I put my super angry music on and I crank out an hour, hour and a half of lifting weights. But in the morning when I'm working on the show, I know I got 30 minutes to work on this show. How I, mm-hmm. how productive can I be to get 30 minutes worth of work done? Mm-hmm. But I'm also excited to listen to Gary V on my drive to the gym, mm-hmm. right? Because I know that that's going to be only a few minutes. So I'm like, that's all I'm doing is mm-hmm. driving and listen. Yeah. Then when I'm at the gym, I'm excited to be there because that's where I want to be. You know what I mean? So that's what motivates me is having things to do. Because when I'm working during the day, I know that I'm going to come home and need to be home at a certain time to go get my son. Mm-hmm. That motivates me. So now I'm going to be as extremely efficient and as productive as I can during the day. So when I'm with my son, I'm with my son. Yeah. No, that's definitely a good way to approach things for sure. Um just kind of time blocking and, and prioritizing things and yeah. And, and really looking forward to the next activity. I think that's something um, that makes a lot of sense for sure. Yeah. I want to go do this, but I have to do this first. Mm-hmm. So why don't I do the best I can now a super crazy hack that I've done for years and years and years is I have a timer or I got 17 pages worth of alarms on my phone. Mm-hmm. So when I get up in the morning and I'm, okay, I got 35 minutes mm-hmm. to work on the show before I need to go to the gym because it takes me this long to do that and then I got to be to work. You know what I mean? So I know my schedule. Yep. So I set my timer for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I have a specific couple tasks that I want to do. That's all I do. I don't jump on social media. I close all the tabs at the top except for what I'm working on. Mm-hmm. It, dude, it's amazing how efficient you can be when you do only concentrate. I don't look at my phone because I'm just wait. I'm just banging away until it goes off, and then mm-hmm. I hit snooze. Then I hit the snooze button. I have to shut my project down and move on to the next thing. Yeah, no, that's honestly a really good way to do it because I've I found the benefits of that personally as well of setting deadlines and time limits for things and kind of drawing that hard line and saying I am working on this and only this until eight o'clock a- until nine absolutely and, and if yeah. Oh, sorry. Go for it. Well, I was going to say the old saying I grew up with, you give a man three hours to mow the lawn, he'll take three hours. You tell him it's got to be done in 30 minutes, he'll get it done in 30 minutes. Yeah. No, exactly. Honestly, that's a a really good way to do it because I'm guilty of being very task-oriented. Like, I need to get this episode edited today and just kind of drawing that. I don't really think in my head roughly how long it'll take or I'll tell myself in my head, eh, it'll probably take a few hours. But then when you don't really put that hard deadline in there, it takes things so take longer than you think they're going to. <laughs> and yep. then especially if you're task oriented and I'm like, I want to get this, this and this done today. If you only get two things off that list and not three, you're going to feel like you're behind the next day. And then it's a repeating cycle. <laughs> so yeah, Absolutely. And, you know, and uh, when I was with the video company, when I had the video company, 
mm-hmm. I would give myself three to five things that no matter what had to com- be completed that day. If I started at 7.30 in the morning and those five things were done at 11 a.m., fuck it, done, dude, I'm out, that's it. <laughs> but they might take till midnight, mm-hmm. right? But I decided those three to five things are going to tick me forward just a little bit. That's it. Today, I just need to tick the podcast project forward just a little. How did you do that? I lined up a couple guests. I posted seven things mm-hmm. and I cleaned out my files because you know you know how it goes, dude. You just dump everything <laughs> on your computer. <laughs> right. And I spent, uh, you know, I set a timer and I said, 30 minutes I got, I'm going to clean up my files. Boom. Mm-hmm. That's it. Don't stress about it. Don't try to accomplish everything today. Mm-hmm. So I do those three things. I move on to the next thing. And I do, you know, and then tomorrow, hey, I need to do these three things with the, prod- the podcast today. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. If it takes me 20 minutes, great. If it takes me four hours, well, I got fucked, dude. <laughs> Get busy, you know? <laughs> so that's that's my attitude with that stuff. Um, and then my wife years ago, uh, when we first met, that's, that's a funny story, dude. Uh, <laughs> and, and I'm not telling you anything that nobody doesn't already know. So when I first met her, She's like, mm-hmm. hey, we, I go to these seminars. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, whatever, dude. Yeah. She goes, you want to go? I'm like, eh, well, I like getting my dick wet. So, yeah, let's go. And they, they, this couple, Ariel and Shia Kane, and they, they talk about living in the moment. Dude, when mm-hmm. I first went to it, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is a bunch of shit. And I've actually told these people that. And I go, nah, this is a fucking bunch of shit. <laughs> nah, what are you doing that for? Nah, that don't work. That don't work. That's a mm-hmm. bunch. No, why would you know? And I, I was totally doing that, having that attitude. And then as the years went on, my attitude now is that's pretty cool. Or I'll say, nah, in this course in my mind, and I'll tell people if they ask me, but I'm like, as I'm listening to them talk and other people talk, I'll say in my mind, I'll be like, nah, nah, no, I don't agree with that. But Hmm. I also know that there's probably somebody that does agree with it and it's helping them. Mm-hmm. So now I don't disregard that stuff anymore. If it doesn't apply to me, I, I just move on. But I don't put a negative tag on it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like before, I'd be like, that's a bunch of bullshit. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'd leave it. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, no, I don't agree with it. But Eric might think it's fucking amazing. <laughs> so I can't disregard it. Yeah. But their their big thing is living in the moment, living right now, dude. The only thing I got to worry about or the only thing that I'm interested in right now is sitting here talking to you. That's mm-hmm. it. That's it, dude. That's all I'm doing. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think it is a really good approach to because there, there is a really big difference to just disregard something and just be like, oh, no, that's that's stupid. And just and just your mind just shuts off there. But if you you know, even if you don't agree with it to say, well, it's not my thing, but it's probably someone else's thing. That's a completely different shift. I mean, because that's recognizing that it's it could be important or, or someone else could really get a lot of fulfillment or something from something, even if it's not your thing. So I think that is a really important mm-hmm. thing to recognize. But uh I guess <laughs> contradicting the idea of living in the moment. Uh, I know this is a <laughs> loaded question, but what would you say is uh, the ultimate your ultimate goal of the Be Raw podcast, or just podcasting in general? It would be providing entertainment, knowledge, and blueprint ideas for people mm-hmm. that listen. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are great. Entertainment. You're driving to work, and you just want a little escapism mm-hmm. and. You want to laugh and be like, no shit, I didn't know that. You know, those, mm-hmm. I love that stuff, right? I love that stuff. So again, I assume other people do. The overall goal is, dude, I don't, 
need to be a Joe Rogan and all that bullshit. I don't need that. If I got 10 people listening and they're, and I have a relationship with those 10 people, hundred percent worth it for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you get unsolicited messages back, I was amazing, dude. I did this and this was the outcome or mm-hmm. I didn't know that that was fun to listen to. And you're like, see, see, that's exactly why I do it. And I just love meeting people. Yeah. You know, through this, through this platform, my, my, you know, I call it a project. I see my podcast project because in my heart, I believe that if we sit in here and have a great conversation, the goal would be to have somebody look at something else with a different viewpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, they yeah. listened to our conversation. They went, no shit, man, wait a minute. That might help me out a little bit. Or I think that's pretty cool. I'm going to start doing that. Whatever this and that is, right? Mm-hmm. So I like that because I get that back from like your show and the other shows that I listen to, like Jeff's show and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Travis's Instagram is fucking insane, dude. So Oh, yeah. <laughs> I get that from those people. So my goal would be mm-hmm. to send that out into the world. And going back to the rebrand, I wasn't being authentic. I was not. I was getting to the point with the table that I wasn't being authentic and there's mm-hmm. no way dude that I can do the podcast project and have a good conversation. If I know I'm not being authentic, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh no. I, th- I think being authentic is really important. So I'm glad you were able to, you know, courageously make that leap and say, I, w- I need to be authentic to myself. And, and it sounds like you have some really good, uh, I guess, long-term visions and goals with the podcast in mind too, of just, you know, I I can tell that you get a lot of value from doing it, from putting it together and, and putting it out there for people to get some sort of benefit from. And that's really, you know, what gives you fulfillment, which is great. This, that's exactly the attitude you want to have as opposed to, you know, I want to be famous. I want to have a million subscribers. Um, Yeah. Fuck all all that, dude. I don't, I don't need, I don't need that dude. You know, if it gets to that point, I'll have to make a decision, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, the the hundred, the hundred. I don't know how many episodes do you have. Uh, I should know that. I want to say forty-two. Okay, I'm kind of cool. getting up there. Yeah. In case you're keeping track, this is episode forty-three. If you don't include the trailer, and I'm honestly surprised I knew that number off the top of my head. That's awesome. Congratulations. I know how Thank much you. work that is. But yeah. when you, oh yeah. I I was telling my wife. I said, I wonder if there's some kind of filter in the search where people look for podcasts because once I crested that hundred episode mark mm-hmm. blew up request blew through the wall, just blew up. Hmm. And I'm wondering, I'm like, do people think like now you're legit? Like what the fuck is that? <laughs> I mean, that's not true. You know what I mean? To, to me, it's a number. It's like, mm-hmm. how many likes do you have on the Instagram picture? Who fucking cares, dude. <laughs> You know, if you put it out honestly for what you wanted to put it out for, then what what are likes, you know, to me? That was a huge, huge, huge hurdle for me. I am so guilty of that, chasing likes and chasing validation. It is so comforting not doing that anymore. Oh, yeah. There's no pressure. I just put out whatever I want to put out. And where it lands, it lands, and I'm having a good time. That's it. (laughs) So, and if somebody laughs at it or through... When I talk about my sobriety or when I talk about shit that I've gone through, if that is a blueprint that I lay out and somebody kind of follows it, obviously everybody's different, mm-hmm. but that's, you know, they say, Hey, that's cool. I'm not going to do it that way. But if I do it this way, that fits me. Oh my God, dude, I got goosebumps just talking about it, <laughs> let alone somebody going to do it. Right? right. And 
like in your show, what's your what would be your goal on that? Yeah, honestly, something similar. I think just uh, providing some sort of value to the listeners and showing people all the different interesting hobbies and people there really are mm-hmm. out in the world because I think that's one of the most things I get fulfillment from is when I interview someone to where I really don't know that much about the subject matter but then it forces me to do research to come up with questions I watch YouTube oh. videos I get down a rabbit hole and it's really fun because it's just like I don't know next to anything about this but I'm watching videos or whatever and I'm like this is really interesting I can see why <laughs> someone could get caught up in this and then you know you start talking to them and they share that energy and it's just infectious it's uh it's I, I think uh, that's really what I get fulfillment from and and yeah obviously any sort of like positive feedback and everything is is great and that's you know uh, that means more than people realize as well uh, if they really like an episode you know just saying hey like I really dug this week's episode or something yeah that, you know just even that that means a lot you know because I uh, as I'm sure you know there are a lot of work to put together to book the guests yeah. you know structure the the format edit everything yeah it's it's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at the, look at the technical difficulties we had at the beginning. People don't need to hear about people don't need yeah. to hear about that. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> was I just going to tell you about uh, the episodes? Oh, see, had a fleeting thought, but uh, it's it's awesome. Oh, I put a post out on Instagram, and mm-hmm. one thing I do, I use Canva, mm-hmm. and I just love creating shit, dude. Like mm-hmm. cool stuff, right? So to give you an idea, the post is a billboard on the side of a building at night and it's lit up mm-hmm. but the billboard is a blank canvas so now through canva you put whatever you want that looks like it's on this billboard okay but if you look at my b-raw logo it's a homage to street art i love street art i think okay. that shit those people are unbelievably talented mm-hmm. you know and then i look most of the time i look i'm like how did you get up there and how did you like make the nose and like everything's proportional, you know, it's, it's just, it's amazing. So hmm. it's a little homage to that. So then on this post, I take my logo and I put it on the side of a building like it's graffiti, right? So now on, on the billboard, it says, um, prison lunches are more nutritious than school lunches. Hmm. And then in, in cursive, it says no shit. And that's the post that I love. Cause I love it when I learn something and I go, no, no shit. So <laughs> I create these posts. Now talk about engagement. Of course I looked this up, right? Mm-hmm. I saw it quoted somewhere and I'm like, okay, going back to what you say about research. I'm like, I need to, I need to look in this in case somebody asked me. And mm-hmm. I just didn't like copy and paste a, a quote like that. You know, I need to have some facts to build. So I just did some quick research just so I knew somewhat what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, dude, somebody responds back. Is there any proof of this? I responded right back with a paragraph. These are the sources, and this is basically why they consider this more nutritious than this one. Hmm. And he was like, okay, thanks. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool, dude. I mean, but going back to what you said, that was super cool to research that and be like, no shit. Wow, the budget for this is that. The budget for this is that. And just so people listening, the reason why it's considered more nutritious, prisoners get for the USDA of an adult and the US. DA of a child, of course, it's different portions, right? So the portions are considered in this quote. Prisoner gets more, slightly more protein, but they get much more fruits and vegetables than an average school kid. And that's what makes a prison lunch more uh, nutritious than a school lunch. Hmm. And then, yeah, right. And then the meat at a school, 
the meat at McDonald's and Burger King go through a more rigorous inspection than the meat that they feed at schools. Interesting. Just going to leave that one out there for people to go, God, what the fuck? So, yeah. But like stuff that. like, yeah, stuff like that, it didn't fit the old format. So just going back to mm-hmm. why, oh, yeah. I'm, why I'm doing that. For sure. Yeah. No, definitely. And I'll, I'll leave the listeners to go down that rabbit hole with uh, <laughs> looking up the comparisons between you know, school food and prison food. But no, that is really interesting. But I guess just uh, wrapping up with final thoughts and everything. Now, do you have any uh, other than the rebranding of the show? Do you have any upcoming events or other projects that you're working on that you're excited about? We close on our first home on Monday. Nice. Congrats. Thanks, dude. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, we've been looking for a long time and there's you know, obviously there's certain points that the home that you want to buy needs to hit, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, layout, land, location, taxes, condition, oh, yeah. you know, all those. And uh, it's a classic story. My mm-hmm. wife jumped down this. She's, she's a gangster when it comes to paperwork and <laughs> keeping, you know, everything in order. If it was mm-hmm. up to me, man, they'd be fine, dude. And so we won't talk about that. But <laughs> so she does a great job there. And I, I really appreciate that. But uh, she's like, hey, look at this house. And I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. And she goes, I've skipped over it a couple of times because the kitchen's really ugly. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, uh, hmm. She's like, but we're going to be in this area. You want to look at it? Well, yeah, let's go look at it. Put an offer in well, the next day or something. We looked at it. We just fell in love with it right away. Nice. Um, estate, estate sale. The, the parents died recently. Kids are getting rid of it. The old man died a long time ago. So nothing's been updated in a very long time. <laughs> so uh, one thing that was attractive, attractive about it to us, it was not flipped. Mm. You know, you go into a flipped yeah. house and you don't know what you're getting into. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, no, huge, you know, that's our that's our next step in our uh, big adventure for us and the family, you know. Uh, nice. I'm really excited to have the little man uh, growing up in a home, and it's got a big double lot, so he's got a yard, and we're, we're not too far from the lake that you can swim in, so... And it's like in a nice neighborhood, and we're, we're super excited, man. So that's what's oh, going on. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, hopefully by the time this episode airs, I will also have closed on a house. So uh, another way we're both similar and got a lot yeah. in common. <laughs> I love it, dude. <laughs> so what's a, what happened with yours? Like what did you – you um, have been looking for a while and then found something, or you tripped and saw it and that was cool? Or <laughs> Yeah, well, I was actually looking for a duplex for the longest time, and I just kept getting oh. out there. I kept getting not really outbid, but my there were offers from investors who had more money than mm-hmm. me and are able to put together much more attractive offers. They were getting all the duplexes I was looking at, and then um, I wanted to get it on an FHA loan originally, so then I would have to live in one side and rent out the other, which is what I want to do. But it's also really hard to you know find one that's vacant or vacant on one side to where I didn't. I mean. I, if it came down to it, you know, like, I guess I'd do it, but I really didn't want to, like, evict anybody or do anything. So it's like, I don't want to mess with all that. So then, yeah, long story short, I looked forever, did not have much luck. But then I I found a place that is t- technically listed as a single family, but it's got a mother-in-law suite. So it's got, like, a separate dwelling. Uh-huh. Um, so it's kind yep. of like yep. a like a weird loophole that I found, except for it appraises a duplex. So it's, it's um according to that, it is a duplex, but I think it went really under the radar. So I was able to snag it. And, yeah, like I said, if all... <laughs> If all goes according to plan, uh, I'll have closed on it by the time this airs. But uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, I unfortunately still haven't closed on the house yet. But hopefully by the time the next episode airs, I will have closed. 
<laughs> oh, good, yeah, good luck, dude. Yeah, we uh, we went through some stuff again as an older house, so we had to. The people are like, we're selling it as is. No credits will be given, and they were like real hardcore in the in the paperwork. And we're like, oh shit, dude. And then right. we talked to our lawyer, and she's like, hey, if there's structural, environmental, or something else, that that's in the contract that mm-hmm. you can bail out of this. It, so you got to give them the opportunity to fix it or give you a credit or you can get out of the contract. Mm-hmm. So what happened is, again, it's an older house. There was some water in the basement. Uh, I, I saw the lady today by chance. And she says it's been like two years since there's been water in the basement, but they didn't clean it up properly and there's it's mold everywhere. Mm-hmm. So we're like, we need mold remediation. So the basement's got to be completely gutted and ripped out and cleaned up and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we want credit for that. And we went back. We didn't go back and forth. It just seemed like it took them a long time to, to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then they ended up giving credit for that. And then our it appraised $10,000 more than what we paid for it. So between the credit and the appraisal, I'm like, whew, damn, dude, we're already starting kind of in a in the right way, you know? Hey, there you go. Yeah, so then <laughs> we'll close Monday. We're going to stay in our apartment for a month or two while we update some stuff. And that way you know, our son can come in there and it's, and there's no construction being done while he's living in there, you know? Yeah, no, totally understandable. So yeah, no, I hope that all works out well for you. And well, um, thanks, man. Yeah. And I guess just uh, wrapping up with final thoughts and everything, is there anything I forgot to ask about that you wanted to touch on before we get into plugins and all that fun stuff? No, no, I'm good to go, man. That was a lot of fun and and mm-hmm. I got to keep a short leash, man, because I can get down rabbit holes. And I'll, I'll, t- I'll sit here and talk to you till 4 o'clock in the morning, man. I don't know if anybody <laughs> wants to hear that stuff. So uh, I, I, I can do the same thing. I know I got to put some restraints on myself, too, depending on the subject matter. I was like, oh, okay, I got to reel it back a little bit. But. Yep, yep. <laughs> anyway, awesome. Now, uh, where can more people find more information about yourself, your show, and anything else you want to plug? So the uh, the best place is brawpodcast.com. It was mm-hmm. kind of fun to uh, find that that domain was available. So it is <laughs> yeah. .com. It's not .org or .net or all that other crap that you would see. But uh, brawpodcast.com is a website you can find out everywhere that uh, is available. And I got a lot of cool stuff going on the website as well. And um, Or Instagram, brawpodcast. And uh, I, you can hit me up DM. You want to be on the show? Would love to hear from you. So those are the two best places. Uh, from those two places, you can get to me just about anywhere. So I don't want to cloud people with seventeen <laughs> different places. You know? <laughs> no, for sure. Awesome. Well, yeah. Once again, Walt, thank you so much for taking the time for this. And like I said before, I had a blast being on your show in the past, and I really appreciate you getting me connected with some great guests that I've had on this show. So I think we both have a lot in common in regards to having meaningful conversations with people who have some sort of insight and experience to offer. And I wish you nothing but the best with everything you're working on and hope we continue to keep in touch. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely keep in touch, and I appreciate it. And right back at you, my man. Sounds good. All right, cheers, man. See you, buddy. Thank you so much for tuning in and checking out the show. Links to Walt's website, socials, and other resources we discussed can be found in the show notes. If you like what you heard, please make sure to subscribe and leave a review for Juxtaposed Journeys wherever you stream your podcasts. And maybe tell a friend or two about the show. Any feedback is always welcome and appreciated, and it helps the show reach more listeners. It also keeps new episodes coming out. 
If you're an entrepreneur, creator, or live an interesting lifestyle, take a few minutes to fill out the questionnaire I have linked below. If you're a good fit, I'll be sure to get in touch with you to be featured on a future episode. I just ask that you have some patience, as I'm pretty backed up with any of your requests at the moment. So thank you to everyone who's reached out and has expressed interest in being on the show. The Juxtaposed Journeys logo was designed by Darius Norwood. The website was designed by Elise Benner. And music has been provided by Young Pioneer. Editing for this episode was done by Kai Will. Final mixing and interviews are conducted by yours truly, Eric Spitz. Thank you for listening, and remember to never stop exploring.